1: Welcome to Their Terrified and Tipsy. My name is Courtney, and I'm Stephanie. Since we have very different feelings about scary movies, we decided to share our emotional struggles with you all. Yeah, so grab a glass of wine, your mm-hmm. favorite couch blanket, and get comfy and enjoy the ride with us. You can find Their Terrified and Tipsy on Instagram and Twitter, plus all the podcast platforms. For links, head over to tipsypod.com. Cheers! Cheers.
0: Mirthers of all ages, sizes, genders, feet width, hair color, shiny headedness. Welcome to season three of Mirths and Monsters. We are back, baby. Yippee! Well, hello, my friends. How are you all? I hope you're happier than E.T. when he finally got to go home. Did you know he was technically a plant? Not a plant as in trying to take down organised crime from the inside, but a plant as in like an Aspidistra. I bring in the facts that can win you quizzes, if nothing else. But my friends, have I got an episode for you. Let me check. Yes, I do. This first episode in a brand new series is going to be about the Wampus Cat. (coughs) The Wampus Cat has a fascinating history to it, so let us not waste any more time. Quick, to the learning hats. (coughs) Mini-Murthers and Mega-Murthers, have you got your learning hats? You have? Excellent work. Let me just get mine. Now, as we know, my track record with not only finding my learning hat but also making sure there are no extra tricks to it when I put it on has been, at best, hit and miss. Normally at the pause of one of the furry crew. In a moment of what I thought was cleverness, I asked them if they wanted their own learning hats as well, turns out they did. It was silly of me to not think of it before. So, Murthers, let me present to you their learning hat putting on ding dong, Bobby, Castiel, Ray, Finn. learn. The origins of the wampus cat go back a long, long way. A tale from Cherokee folklore. The tale is that an evil demon called Iwa, the spirit of madness, had been terrorising the village of Etowah, or Chota, depending on the version you hear, in what is today North Carolina. Iwa would make men mad with a glance and steal the dreams of the Cherokee children, which, I'm sure you'll agree, is 100% bogus. The village council decided that Standing Bear, or Great Fellow, depending on which version you hear, is the one who would be sent. He was the, quote, bravest, fastest, and sneakiest, end quote. The shamans blessed him, and off he popped, To end the terror. Cut two weeks later, and he comes back. And let's just say it didn't go too well. What happens next is that the wife of Standing Bear, whose name was Running Deer, goes to the shaman and says something along the lines of, Hello, my name is Running Deer. I'm going to hunt the iwa. It better prepare to die. Something like that. The shamans gave running deer something called a booger mask. Nope, no laughing. It turns out that a booger mask, in Cherokee tradition, is a mask that is actually a grotesque version of your enemy. In this case, it was the face of a bobcat, and it would help protect running deer. She was also given a black paste to cover herself in to hide her presence from that scallywag demon. So, picture the scene. Running deer heads off into the woods, surrounded by shady pines or up-to-no-good elms or dodgy oaks. Either way, running deer was on the hunt for Ewa. And this goes on for weeks. Running deer eating berries to keep her strength up. There were a couple of close calls. At one point, running deer had bitter patters of feet behind her and swivelled to see a fox. Just a normal fox no demons. Eventually, running followed a trail that led her to Iwa, who was drinking from a pool, oblivious to his surroundings. When it did become aware, it was too late. Iwa came face to face with a mask and its own power was turned back on itself. It went, Doolali and crashed back into the pool. Running deer, in a fit of common sense, scarpered, and returned to her village where she became the spirit talker and home protector. Very well earned, I would say. And some do say that the spirit of running deer inhabits the wampus cat and protects her tribe's land to this day. Still going back a bit, but more recently, halfway through the 19th century, this mystical and mysterious creature becomes more known. Back then, it was actually known as the catawampus, and catawampus is more of a catch-all term for an unknown animal lurking in the woods. It's something to blame an unusual and unexplained event on. Beyond that, the wampus cat crops up a great deal in the Appalachian region, and I am so sorry if I'm saying that wrong. For those of you who aren't sure... This area includes all of West Virginia and parts of 12 other states, some of which are Alabama, Georgia, Kentucky, North Carolina, Maryland and Mississippi. However, Arkansas, Missouri and even Florida. What am I talking about even Florida? Of course Florida. It's Florida have their own versions, known as the whistling wampus in Arkansas and the galley wampus in Missouri. Now, if you go down to the woods today, you better go in disguise. If you go down to the woods today, you better take some dreamies or temptations, because the wampus cat is, by majority of accounts, a mean little kitty, and you ought to take some kind of treats to try and get on its good side. But CK, you ask. How will I know if I'm actually seeing this many-monikered cat? What does it look like? Well, I'm glad you asked. As with all things cryptid and mythological, the appearance is never as simple as four legs, one head, a tail, some teeth, and it's got blue fur. That never happens. Same deal with the wampus cat. It is fair to say that the one common theme is that the cat is always feline-looking in nature. That's pretty much where the commonality ends. Some say it has four legs, and it just stays on four legs. Whereas other reports say that it's also bipedal, which, if you're unsure, means it can also walk on two legs, like you and me and the alien from the film. Alien. Some even say that it's half cat and half woman, which fits in with another version of the Cherokee tale, but one that was said about the Cherokee and not said by the Cherokee, which is why I haven't mentioned that one. It's not pleasant. There are also mentions that the wampus cat is actually half cat and half dog. I couldn't find which way round that was, or if it was a cat with doggy traits, or a dog-looking cat that loved yarn. Either way, fascinating, but weird. Here's a good one. According to locals in Conway, Arizona, the cat is described as, quote, a mountain lion with six legs, four for running, two for fighting. End quote. In Clark Fork, Idaho, the cat is described as having a ball like formation end quote, at the end of its tail, seemingly covered in sharp quills or spikes. A bit like a mace used by ye olde peoples in ye olde days. Just for clarification, ye olde days was just after the middle aged ages. Sometimes, I say these things just to amuse myself. Colouring-wise, it seems to have a light tan or brown colouring, but black, dark brown has also been said. The one thing that is solid is that it is very much a feline presence. Half woman or half dog or not, this is a cat. Which led me to an idea. Time for a trip. Furry Crew, to the crypto cycle. Right after lunch. Furry Crew, to the crypto cycle. Right after post-lunch nap. Furry Crew, wanna go upon a journey, gonna find the Wampus cat. Stop that, puny model. We'll get sued by Disney. Fair point. Okay, let's go to the crypto cycle. Crypto baggage. Sandwiches. Check. Emergency sandwiches. Check. Mysterious box full of things that will help us find and trap, gently, for a little while, a wampus cat. Check. Sat-nav lady that sounds like a worried mum. Are you sure about this? Check. In that case... Here we go. Did you pack your thermals? Probably gonna be a bit nippy when you get there. Did you pack the extra sandwiches? Did you lock the front door? Did you leave the gas on? Oh, no. We don't have gas. Oh, destination is in three, two, one. We've arrived. While the Wampus Cat has been seen in many, many different places, we decided to come to North Carolina, as that is where the original Cherokee tale took place. We chose the Nantahala Forest, as it is the biggest, and while that may sound detrimental to our search, it makes sense that something so rare. Would use the most space to use as protection. On the positive side of things, Jamie and her dad constructed a device that will act as a form of feline compass. It still has north, east, south, and west, but it also has here, kitty kitty. I did ask them to explain it to me, but quite frankly, my brain shut down from self preservation before it started to melt. Those two are clever. Ooh, mama. Anyway, not only do we have the compass, which I very originally decided to call the Hello Kitty, we have the package of cattage. Within said package are items that will lure the wampus cat into our trap. But please don't worry, that trap is not harmful. It's, well, you'll find out soon enough. Okay, you lot, let's saunter. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Night falls across the land. The midnight hour is close at hand. Oh, wait, no, it's only seven. It's just a bit dusky. I never could guess time properly. We have walked for ages. But it's really pretty out here and we're having fun. The compass has flickered a couple of times and we followed that lead while calling out the slogan we think may well work on tempting out the Wampus Cat in North Carolina. We have cried, Go Panthers! So far, no success. Oh, hang fire. Compass is getting angry. I check it and see that the arrow is directly pointed at Kitty Kitty. Okay, you lot. Be prepared to set the trap. I think we're close. Definitely closing in. Okay, Finn, get the box of cat delights. Bobby, Cass, help wee man set up the yarn and the holding pen. Ray, do you have the edible scrumptiousness? You up puny mortal. Good lass. Okay, start trailing them out away from the trap. That's it. Top-notch work. I'll come back here when you're done. Quickly. The compass is ticking faster and faster. It doesn't take them long and they all come back. We hunker down and wait. I know that it won't take too long. The ticking is going insane. So I turn off the device to make it quiet. Okay, Yula. Heads down. Not long now. Luckily, the cat is ahead of us. I was slightly worried it might work its way round, but I can see the reflection of the low light in its eyes. Oh boy, look at the size of that thing. Guess that's why they call them big cats, huh? Duh, puny my The wampus hasn't sensed us. It's too distracted by the edible scrumptiousness, also known as dreamies or temptations. It pads slowly to each one, devouring it quickly. Then it sees the second part of the trap, the loose string of wool. It takes it in one giant paw and starts to, how best to put it, floof around with it, rolling on its back, pulling at it, and that brings the ball of wool into focus. This is the key moment. The ball of wool is sitting inside the trap. The one thing that a cat of any nature cannot resist. The wool is inside an empty box. The wampus looks around. Can't believe it's luck. A whole empty box just for them. It pads over and gets inside, holding the wool in one paw as it settles. Okay, here we go. Cass, Bobby, Ray, stage two. Time to do your thing. Finn, stay with me for just now, we man. The three feline members of the furry crew come out of our hiding place all armed with a bag of dreamies. They don't try to be stealthy. They just head over to Wampus and meow their greetings. I must admit, I'm still a novice when it comes to understanding the cat language, so to me all I hear is a variety of meowing, but it all seems pretty cat. Besides The wampus is trapped inside the box. No cat leaves an open box willingly. Then, they all turn and look over at us. Out you come, puny mortal. Let's go, wee man. Me and the fininator walk over to the wampus. The cat seems friendly enough, but, of course, there is a human and a canine approaching, so there is a slight tenseness. Finn, would you kindly? Finn looked at me, then at the wampus, then he bowed deeply. And not too long after, the wampus bowed back. The wee man and the furry crew have gifts, I tell you. Bobby, if you could do the honours. Bobby cat clawed down one side of the box and the wampus suddenly realised it could actually escape from this cardboard Alcatraz but it didn't flee it casually strolled out and spread its leg out in front of itself to indicate that we were welcome to sit down with them and we did chat my lovely Murthers And you'll hear it all in the mirths and Monsters cryptid logs. I felt that it was right to not only search for these cryptids, but also give them a chance to have a right good natter about what they get up to. much like I did with the Yeti and the Baba Yaga. And that will be coming very soon. Till then, though, it's time to say Sláinte, my friends. Your good health. Okie dokie, fogies. It's time to shout out the new mirths and Monsters patrons. So a huge, huge thank you to Riot Squirrel, and a massive thank you to Rose Fane, and a huge thank you to and Pear. Thank you all so much for signing up to become a patron for Murths and Monsters. It means a huge amount. If anybody else is interested in joining just go to patreon.com forward slash Murth and Monsters and you can see what's on offer. One of which is an audiobook read by myself. You get one a month. This month it's going to be Wind in the Willows. Previous ones have included Hound of the Baskervilles and Water of the Worlds as well. And they're all ready for you. You'll get ad-free episodes. Obviously there's merch as well. There's a short story too. All links for Murth and Monsters will be with the link tree. You just need to click on them where you can find me on Instagram and the Facebook group, or you can email me with any suggestions you may have. I will take this time to mention that I have another two podcasts. One is, well, it's an old one that I'm taking back. It's Infernal Souls. There's already one series, but that's going to be coming back this month on the 31st of January, with a second series that's set in the Winchester House. Not necessarily for kids, that one. And the other one I'm doing is called CK's Killing It, True Crime and History, which I'm doing with Suzanne St. John. Which is a true crime podcast that also encompasses history, what was going on at the time, and how that may affected the situation at the time, the people involved, that kind of thing. All of these are going to be out every two weeks. They're already out there. They also have patrons and stuff as well. I'll put links for everything in the show notes. So the last thing for me to do is to just thank you all. You can reach out to me at any time, whether it be through the Facebook group or by the email. Like I said, everything is in the links. Till we speak again. Tatty Flink.